Hello, and welcome to the Arise Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Anjanette Kroom. I am a licensed mental health counselor and a self-worth coach. And here at the Arise Beautiful podcast, we talk about five different topics. They are self, relationships, service, career slash school, and spirituality. And today our topic is going to be service. And so I have a special guest, um, Dr. Maddox, um, and I'm going to give her the opportunity to introduce herself. Okay. Um, as Anjanette said, I am um, Dr. Deborah Maddox. I am the founder of two organizations, um, clinical organizations. One is Multicultural Wellness Center in Worcester, Massachusetts, and the other is Multicultural Wellness West, located in Las Vegas, Nevada. I um, have a doctorate in clinical psychology, and I am a licensed school psychologist and um, licensed mental health counselor, um, marriage and family therapist, <laughs> rehabilitation, um, licensed rehabilitation counselor, and a nationally certified rehabilitation counselor. Whew, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so can you all see why I invited her to be a guest? She has so much um, to offer. She has a um, wonderful practice. And as you can see, she has all of these credentials and she uses it to serve her community. Um, and she employs me. <laughs> um, I have been working with the Multicultural Wellness Center um, now for several years um, mm -hmm. and I've gotten to see the impact that this organization has had on our community and so let's get into it a little bit so Dr. Maddox okay. how did you get into this work so it was a progression um, I started out as a I don't know a counselor but not a licensed counselor just doing case management and then I went to work for the Department of Children and Families. And I just saw like that people were not empowered, they were disempowered, they were frustrated, and that there was a legacy of trauma in many of those families. And I felt so horrible on um, being a, an investigator of sexual abuse, taking children out of homes, and sort of like ripping families apart. And I really wanted to figure out other ways in which I could support individuals. Um, I then went to become a probation officer. Same sense of being stifled um, because when you're in a court system, they give people um, conditions of probation. And if they don't follow those, then their probation gets violated and then they become incarcerated. And it's a very um, revolving door type situation. It's a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, it was frustrated because at the time when I did that, they really didn't have a lot of supportive services in place. However, I, my understanding is that now they do. Then I went on to obtain my master's degree in rehabilitation counseling. And after I did that, I started working with people, um, with individuals, counseling at a multicultural health clinic, but the multiculturalism, yeah, multiculturalism extended to 
Latinx people and not really black folks. So um, I went on to obtain, to um, pursue my doctorate degree in clinical psychology with the goal of opening my own business to serve the black community. And that's how I got started. Every paper I did was related to black culture, black identity. And sometimes it got me in trouble because it was in New Hampshire. But for me, it was um, eye-opening and I just like absorbed the information and I come, came to understand and learn about, you know, black psychologists, you know, who came before me and the wonderful vast work that they did to support the community. <laughs> that, speaking to my heart, speaking to my heart, um, <laughs> because one thing that is really important for me and kind of been driving me is the making mental health care like accessible to, mm -hmm. to us, to, to people yes. of color. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I'm going, as I went through school, just learning about different things and always being like, mm, how do we, how do we filter this so that we're not throwing the whole thing out the window, right? But we're making right. it relevant to the communities that we're going to serve, you know, mm -hmm. learning these things in school and then in practice, having it play out so differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I love that, you know, as you got experience and was exposed to so many different things that, you know, you put the lens on and like, how can I problem solve for this for my community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that brings me to why I invited you for service, because mm -hmm. one of the areas of self, I believe that's important is service and um, how we can use our gifts and our talents to serve our community around us. And yeah. that being an extension of who we are, you know, so mm -hmm. you took your interest, you took your experience, you took your education, and you were able to mold it into a beautiful thing that's benefiting our communities and helping other people along the way. Yes. Um, and so in terms of the service that you provide to your communities, um, mm -hmm. how has that impacted the community? How has your agencies um, served the communities? Mm -hmm. Well, so it was so interesting because as I said, my focus was on like the black community. And so right after I think I finished my internship in August and in September, no, in August, I had my business incorporated. And so we started out doing like, um, it seemed like private practice. So then a couple years later, we said, okay, you know, we really need to affect change um, with youth, with families, you know, and, and just see how we can impact on different levels. So um, we went to um, get a clinic license in Massachusetts, clinics are licensed. Mm -hmm. So we went through that whole process, became licensed, pursued with insurance companies, um, like Medicaid type insurance companies. And so at that time, um, shortly thereafter, the Child Behavioral Health Initiative came into play, which is more of a holistic way of working within mental health. So it's working with an um, identified child and just providing um, wraparound services to the child and the family. So 
we, again, the vision was to work with the black community. However, it just became multicultural because the name of the organization is Multicultural Wellness Center. We started getting referrals from other cultures and then it just blew up and we were hiring clinicians who were multilingual. And so we believe in a relational approach you know, to, to treating people. If you can't relate to a person, you're not gonna affect any type of change. So <clears throat> we became so large, we had over 130 workers and it was too difficult because the, our mission is to serve those who have been underserved in the behavioral health field. Those people who have lacked access mm -hmm. and support. So we hired people with credentials and those people with credentials didn't always match our mission. And so it just got very complicated and um, we had to scale back. We cut back by more than 50% mm. because we wanted to make sure that people benefited from our services. They always benefited from our services, but again, those connections, being able to relate to the clinician wasn't necessarily there. The people that we hired were from diverse, a lot of them were from diverse communities. Some of them, um, English was not their first language. So again, using a relational model for employees as well as consumers, it didn't work in supervision because there were those barriers, those biases um, with supervisors because they didn't really understand the people they were supervising. So we trimmed it back and um, it's a great place. You know, we try and really meet the needs of our providers as well as our clients. So it's working very well right now, except for the pandemic. <laughs> We're doing a lot of telehealth services. That was kind of difficult getting that um, people to adapt to that. But I think currently they're able to like adapt um, mm -hmm. and it's going well. Right. Yeah, um, you know, even even feedback from the community um, recently that I've gotten about the agency is that, you know, we are able to service really underserved communities and not just saying like, you know, the black community or the Latino community, but even more specifically being able to break down like, you know, the Haitian population, the, you know, so not just groups, but even subgroups within the group and just, Yes. Um, you know, really meeting the need, you know, um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, like the immigrant populations as well within the mm -hmm. Black community. So it's a testament to the hard work and the intentionality that you have done with your agency to make sure that it's serving the communities that, that, it, mm -hmm. that it does. Mm -hmm. um, and so what were some of the major challenges that you encountered as you were putting this together? Well, some of the challenges, it was being taken seriously. You know, I had a lot of connections because as I indicated, I worked in the community through different um, systems like state systems. And so I knew a lot of people. So um, initially just getting people to buy into what we were trying to do. And so that was good. Um, one of the largest challenges came from the fact that the, the cultural matches weren't necessarily there. 
you know, we have people, again, supervising um, our clinicians who may have been new and they needed to learn, you know, not just that book jargon, mm -hmm. but reality-based work. And because they couldn't relate to that, they didn't understand. And it just created like some disruption. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we started out, we were sort of like a family, you know, everyone was a family. And then I had an open door policy and everyone was like at my door all the time. <laughs> and so then it affected my ability to get like other work done, but I never turned anyone away. Um, and as I said, we just had to recalibrate ourselves, mm -hmm. step back, make necessary changes so that we could continue to grow and serve the community because myself and the other leaders in the organization we work you know i don't have an expectation for people that i don't have for myself so i still see clients and just putting systems into place and then just um making the organization you know smaller meant having multiple roles mm -hmm. so one of the problems was not being able to get out into the community and people i had hired in the past to be out in the community some of them were like marketing themselves <laughs> instead of the organization you know because they were licensed planning to go and venture out on their own and not necessarily meeting our needs right. so it's been challenging in ways, but it's been wonderful to know that we can uplift the community in certain ways. Okay. Um, and so the most important like pillar in Arise Beautiful is that self pillar. Um, and so what was the biggest lesson that you learned about yourself as you were on this journey? Well, I learned that how you're raised impacts how you live in the world. You know, my mom, she still does it to this day. You know, she's not a clinician. She's, her background is in bookkeeping, but she had this sense of self that she wanted to help others better themselves. So she's always like making it a point that you know you have to help others you know you got to lift other people up in different ways so she's always like buying something for this one buying something for someone for this one but she's a silent person you know she doesn't do it to receive accolades she just does it because it's in her mm. you know and so i realized that i have a lot of her in me i have a lot of determination i celebrate kwanzaa mm -hmm. and my children were raised, you know, like with Kwanzaa and those principles are not just for those um, seven days. It's 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. And so I try to teach that to them. You know, you have to serve others, yep. you know, in order to, to, to um, better yourself, it is serving others, helping to meet the needs of others. And so we have a program, Broader Horizons, mm -hmm. um, and it's a rites of passage program. And within that program, we teach um, individuals about, we adapted it. We, it's based on the principles of Kwanzaa, 
Um, and it's about identity development, knowing who you are, knowing where you come from, knowing your greatness, you know, because people are put in positions in this world where they don't realize their legacy. They don't realize the beauty of their legacy and that they carry that within them. You know, sometimes they may not have the information, but as they evolve and they get educated, they realize, you know what? I'm not what these people say I am. You know, I'm a descendant of kings and queens, you know, and that spirit lives in me, you know? So that is so important to me. So I realized because I always was one to read. You know, I, and, and I grew up in um, a period of time when there was grassroots, you know, there were real communities that existed, you know, that people cared for other people mm. and they served others. You know, they like my, my mother was a single parent and I had a friend mm -hmm. and her family always went places, you know, like she, they took them to parks. Um, that were a distance away and I would go with them. So in ways, you know, that family modeled like the two family household for me. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful thing, you know, it's just that everyone supported each other. And that's not what it's like today because the world's sort of scary. Um, so that sense of, um, helping others is just a part of who I am and it comes from my mom <laughs> um yeah you said a mouthful <laughs> um but that is definitely my heart like if there's one message that I preach to the world is that identity piece right like knowing who you are knowing that you have all the tools necessary to like meet the mm -hmm. challenges mm -hmm. you know being proud of who you are um and again, not only were you made with a purpose and with a specific design, right? But mm -hmm. it was made to help someone. It was, it was made in connection to others. You know, we mm -hmm. are, we are social beings. We were born to be connected with others. So not only do you have a purpose, but your purpose is to ultimately serve, right? Like you have a message and there's a, there's an audience for that message. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, like I said, I, I really, I link the, the, the pillar of service to self because service being an extension of yourself. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people sometimes think of service as, you know, going, picking up trash or, you know, the, the, the basic things, you know, serving food, you know, serving food to the mm -hmm. poor. Um, but also understanding that service can be, you know, therapy to the community, building um, community centers for people to gather and to find healing, you know, mm -hmm. providing a space for um, people to come and talk and, and share life together. Like service looks so different. And so um, that's why I think I picked that as one of the topic areas for Arise Beautiful is to know that um, you can serve in so many different ways and to expand the topic mm -hmm. of service. Um, so with that, um, mm -hmm. I like to ask all of my guests to come up with a affirmation. I'm mm -hmm. one who is really big on affirmations and speaking life. 
Um, and so a little bit of background is that Arise Beautiful came from a place where um, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, where kind of God is talking about, um, you know, come out of the cave, my dove, let me see your face, let me hear your mm -hmm. voice. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I hear Arise Beautiful, I feel that it is a command to self, like you're calling yourself mm -hmm. forward. Um, and so I like to ask all of my guests to come up with an Arise Beautiful affirmation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will um, open the floor for you to come up with your Arise Beautiful mm -hmm. um, affirmation. Okay, so um, I would say Arise Beautiful. Let the spirit of your ancestors guide you. You know, know that you are descendants of kings and queens. Arise Beautiful. Do not let images or statements that are projected against you or your culture deter you from realizing who you are. Arise beautiful, be confident, set goals, and just know that you are beautiful inside and out and just call upon your ancestors. That spirit's within you so that you can nurture yourself and help others arise beautiful oh that's so beautiful <laughs> that's so beautiful and that that will be so helpful for others um mm -hmm. you know i think specifically for us you know the strength that has been passed through the generations right like mm -hmm. the knowledge the the wisdom Mm -hmm. you know it's so rich and it's there mm -hmm. for and accessible to us if we just ask mm -hmm. um, so I, I love that affirmation uh, excuse me I love that affirmation um so I would like to thank you for taking the time to talk to me about um your journey and about your um service to your community um continue doing the great work that you are doing um and for all of the listeners if you like what you heard definitely like and subscribe, comment, um, share with your friends. And before we leave, um, Dr. Maddox, if you want to share with the people where they can find you mm -hmm. or um, have more access to you. Okay, so um, for Multicultural Wellness Center in Worcester, uh, Massachusetts, there's two separate websites, um, multiculturalwellness.org. And for Nevada, it's um, Multicultural Wellness West, um, and it's info at Multicultural Wellness West. It's mwwest.com. Um, and that is the website, mwwest.com. And you can find information. Um, both have Facebook pages. The one in, in Nevada is not as robust as Worcester, but we're working on it. And um, all my information is on either website. And if you have questions, give me a call. I like to, you know, help others in a career in regards to careers, decisions, and just knowledge. So you can reach out to me and I will definitely um, respond. Great. So thank you again for joining us and um, be sure to tune in for the next episodes, episodes release every Monday. Um, and so I hope to see you soon.